This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We are going to have a very interesting episode as we are discussing school start times, academic achievement, circadian rhythm, and interesting flexible school start system. And we have an amazing guest for this episode. She has a master's degree in neuroscience from University College London and PhD in chronobiology from Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich. Currently, she's working as a postdoctoral researcher at Department for Sport and Health Sciences at Technical University of Munich. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Dr. Anna Biller. Welcome, Anna. Hello, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, nice to nice to have you in the podcast. And And you have done interesting studies about school start times, circadian rhythm and academic achievement, among other things. Could you give kind of an overview of studies you have done? Yeah, so um, as many of you who have children probably know, it's a bit of a challenge to get teenagers um, yeah, ready and uh, prepared to go to school in the morning. So um, this is something that we really um, observed worldwide that they don't really have enough sleep and um, that they, their sleep wake times are quite delayed in comparison to adults, for example, or children. Um, that's very normal. That's very biological. It's also socially influenced, but it's very biological as well. And so we were interested in our studies, whether changing something about the system, about the school system, uh, and in particular about the start times could um, be beneficial for for their health. And so they would also maybe benefit in other areas such as um, well-being. And be- because people always ask and because, of course, uh, for policymakers, it's, it's also important uh, if they evaluate to make changes. We also um, looked at their achievement measured in grades. And because there the, the results were a bit... Um, yeah, difficult or unclear. I also did a meta-analysis. So this is like uh, bringing um, some some papers together and analyze what they um, analyze their results together, basically. And there, I found that it was very um, difficult to find any clear picture as well. So overall, just to to sum this up, what we what we found was that when you do delay um, school start times, uh, for example, by let's say half an hour, an hour or so you do already find some uh, benefits for, for children's sleep. So they sleep longer and usually also um, uh, subjectively more, well, better subjectively as well. Yeah. So main, mainly about teenagers and and how is the, the circadian rhythm kind of delays at some age? And that's the problem. What What's the age and do we know what's what's causing it? Why, why does it happen? Yeah, that's a really important question, of course. Um, since uh, many many people think that this is just made up, so really, um, what we can observe over the years, um, when you when you are really a small baby, you don't have a circadian um, rhythm yet, and then you develop it over the over the first um, months of your life, and then um, you know you're a child, and then when you become a teenager, a lot of things happen. You know, you go into adolescence, puberty, 
And so many hormonal changes take place. Your brain matures a lot. Lots of learning also going on apart from the phase during uh, childhood. Um, puberty is another really important phase of life where you learn a lot, where a lot of connections in the brain are still strengthened. Your prefrontal cortex, for example, still matures. And so this just takes a lot of energy. So uh, apart from the circadian rhythm that delays during this um, during this period, uh, teenagers still need a lot of um, sleep as well. So more than more than adults. So they need on average like eight to ten hours of of sleep um, per night. And um, in terms of circadian rhythm, since you ask, what are the reasons? Well, it's this is really still very much research. So we just have some hints. We just know from many observational studies. It's uh, also in mammals in general, not just in uh, in humans, but also other mammals, and also, for example, other. Well, if you look at more like tribes, for example, other people, other populations on Earth, this is a very, very common thing that always happens during puberty. Yeah, and so we we do think that it's very biological. We also see some evidence that maybe, for example, light sensitivity uh, is changed during puberty. So the way your eyes perceive light, and then this is translated into a signal for your for for your biological clock for your circadian rhythm. This might change, and also since I already talked about sleep, you know there is this. Um, uh, this homeostatic process so the longer you are awake the more um, sleepy you get so everyone knows this and um, and so basically uh, in th there's some evidence that shows that in uh, teenagers this might be altered so actually they this accumulation of sleep pressure what we say um, is lower in teenagers so they so it, it just takes longer for them to get sleepy and so actually this um, reaches its sort of peak around 2021 and then we sort of become earlier again. And then uh, in very late age, so when let's say 50, 60 and onwards, um, everything gets a bit messy because then you have this aging factor where you have more diseases. And so it's a bit tricky to know exactly, but in general, we still advance um, with your rhythm. Yeah. So you said that as a baby, babies are creating the rhythm and then it gets delayed in the teenage and then it gets earlier. So you'd see their kind of a lifespan effect throughout the throughout the lifespan. Yeah. So you would, um, on, on as a population, you can study this. Um, so you would sort of delay, 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 and then advance again. Um, but also as an individual, when you follow individual people, you can see that. But still, there are differences always between people. And so um, this is what we call the typical chronotype. So whether you're more of an early type of person or late type of person, this already develops. Um, earlier so as you when you're a child but as a, on a population level teenagers on average are then still very much delayed so there would be night hours <laughs> what we say yeah and i have heard about the chronotypes that it would have the one one theory is that within a tribe it was beneficial that some people were staying up late and then some people were waking early so basically in a tribe somebody was awake almost all the time is there any scientific base on this one uh, i mean <laughs> it's a bit hard to research that when you have to go back into time but of course it, it is a reasonable theory i mean um it's one it's one of these evolutionary theories where it's hard to test but it sort of does make sense if you think about it because um Depending on where you live, of course, you have you might have predators, or um, yeah, you need to make sure that you don't get attacked. And so, in a way, that 
does make sense. Yeah, it's hard to, to test it in that in that way. And also, actually, what we see when we study people um, that don't have electricity, for example, that follow more the natural light dark rhythm, um, we do see that their chronotype is actually not so much. Um, so the distribution of the chronotype is not so extreme. So basically, you wouldn't have like a very, very early and a very, very late type in such a population. So it's much more, they're more so towards a, an average chronotype. Whereas in our, yeah, in our environment now where we have a lot of artificial light and do a lot of stuff indoor, a lot of work indoor, um, this sort of, um, this, we say it's a Zeitgeber, it's a German word for time giver. So this uh, light, which is the main time giver, Zeitgeber for, for the circadian clock, basically hasn't such a strong impact anymore and then everything sort of dilutes so basically we sort of spread out as a as a di distribution of the chronotypes and so it all gets a bit modeled up and if you take again the argument with the you know you would have very early and very late types so you would cover the entire range of the uh, of the night or morning i would say yeah it's it does sort of make sense but um i mean we don't know what what people did at the time so so it could be but yeah yeah, yeah, no, good, good, In interesting. I have a camper van and I always notice that I sleep better because there's no, there's only like battery light, which is not very bright. So I think it's more like the natural, natural rhythm. And, and how, how do you see with the teenagers? Probably smartphones are a problem that you get blue light exposure quite, quite late in the night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is exactly the point that. Um, I mean, apart from the already altered daily uh, light exposure where you basically spend too much time inside and don't get enough um, sunlight, then you have increased light in the evening where it's supposed to be dark. And so this is, first of all, of course, the blue light. So all blue light uh, emitting devices like phones or screens or, you know, tablets, all these kind of things, uh, they are enriched with blue light. Also LEDs, by the way which is why we as a as chronobiologists really don't like LEDs. Um, and blue light, why is that a problem? Well, first of all, because um, blue light suppresses melatonin. And melatonin is a hormone that gets secreted um, in the evening, a um, few hours before you usually would go to bed. And it's a signal for the body to sort of, you know, calm down, go to bed, prepare for, for sleep. And this is suppressed if you have a lot of um, blue light um, emitting devices and you're exposed to that light and so everything shifts a bit later because you you don't realize that you're supposed to go to bed because the signal oh you should be asleep you go to bed doesn't arrive and um, so that's one problem but it's also the light intensity per se so not even the color of the light but the light intensity and so um, you know if you compare a campfire or one candle uh, compared to like the lights that we have now you know, especially when you switch everything on and all the devices and so on, it's just too bright in the evening. And that, again, delays the rhythm. So apart from the biological um, effect that I said earlier, it's also the socially induced um, things that we do. So, of course, you could also say, OK, let's get rid of all the smartphones and uh, let's just uh, not let teenagers have any smartphones. But I mean, every parent probably knows that that's really hard to achieve and a very <laughs> unlikely solution, really. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can really really see that, and and you you had interesting study about this flexible school school start time. Could you tell more what this flexible start start system or whatever you exactly called it? 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's a bit like flexi time at work. Um, we thought about it like that. So why flexible? So most studies or school system that change something, they always change it by a fixed amount. So let's say you even advance like some schools in America um, or delay school um, by one hour. So let's say instead of starting at 8 a.m., which is a very typical time for many schools around the world, you would start at nine. I mean, that's uh, that's one thing what you could do, but then the entire system shifts later, right? So again, you could argue and we don't know from evidence that's being researched at the moment, then you expose yourself to a later light again. Uh, and also you might do sports more in the evening, so even later in the evening and everything shifts. And then maybe actually that could be a, a, pro a problem for your circadian rhythm. Um, so even though you might get more sleep, uh, you might counteract the beneficial, yeah, the benefits that you get by exposing yourself to a, a different light-dark cycle and then actually the benefit might be lost in the long term. Um, but we don't know this. So even from my studies, I don't know. But uh, that's just one theory behind this whole thing. And so the idea was if you maybe could decide every day for yourself, if you want to start at eight or at nine, then um, it's a more flexible system. And, you know, depending what, on what you did the night before, because not every day is the same, you know, you could um, decide for yourself whether you just need an hour more sleep today because you had a bad night's sleep the day before, something like this. So it just gives you more flexibility. And also um, it gives students um, more autonomy you know they can decide for themselves and I think that's something we shouldn't uh, neglect also it's a psychological aspect here as well yeah so the the teenager can choose whether they come at eight or for example at nine and then they make it up later on what what kind of things did you find you you tested this in in schools and what were the what were the findings yeah so I actually I have to correct you there because that's a, a important uh, detail so in fact they did not have to stay longer if they decided to attend school uh, later. So that was a very, that was a difference to all the other studies that um, investigated this. So every day they could decide whether to start at eight or at eight fifty. So I mean we can say nine for just it's easier to say that. Um, but this first hour was a sort of self study hour. So they had a specific. Um, curriculum they that they had to go through um, every month but um, for this very specific hour they could do it or they should they were supposed to do it themselves it's another so this is specific to the school because they want to improve uh, autonomy and autonomous learning as well and um, throughout the schedule of the school day because every student had an individual timetable they could you know um, pick specific gap periods that they had And then um, again, do this sort of curriculum during that that time. And so this made sure that they wouldn't uh, just shift the entire day. They could still leave at the same time as before. It was just because the the scheduling was just different. And I think that's just important to to mention because it wasn't this fixed shift as in other studies. Um, and what we find was um, so you have to um, differentiate a bit between the short term. And the long-term effects, because we followed this up again after a year, and in the sh in the short term, um, we found basically exactly the time that they could spend more in bed, like 50 minutes. Basically, they would also sleep longer. And so, in terms of just their sleep, um, they just really benefited from this. So, and and interestingly, 
it was both true for both genders and also for um, old, old chronotypes. So even, you know, in, in teenagers, you also have early chronotypes. But even the early chronotypes, they don't, go, they don't get enough sleep for their age. Um, uh, and so basically, even the, the, the ones who are earlier, they still slept longer because they were basically sleep deprived. And, and we did find this one year later as well, which was important because many studies don't follow this up. And, you, you know, you could imagine just like from your own experience, when you're sleep deprived, you might, you know, benefit the next two or three days and just sleep more. And then eventually you think, oh, I could use up this new time for, I don't know, spending more time playing games or <laughs> spending more time on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And um, this is, a, of course, this is what parents are scared of or what, you know, policy or policymakers or educators are scared of, because then you have this massive um, investment in changing the system but at the same time after a year the effect is gone so this is of course what you want to avoid and in our case um, we saw that the, the benefit was a bit less and especially um, um, especially boys actually reduced it a little bit so they didn't sleep as long as the year before but still it was still very very much um, much there so at least from my conclusion from from this study we can say it was effective or, um, also after a year but there are hardly any studies who follow this up after um, a year or longer so really the long-term effects we don't really know so it would be beneficial how how difficult is it to set up in the schools that like how how much challenges is there yeah this is a really good point and um of course, always an argument against changing anything. <laughs> but um, I mean, the thing is, it really depends on uh, on the country um, and on the system, of course. Like, for example, in the US, um, this has been quite a major thing now. And in, in California, they made a law now that schools are not supposed to um, be open before, I think, 8.30. So they're not allowed to... Um, I mean, high school, this is high schools, um, are, are not allowed to do that before 8.30. And... Um, and there it was a massive, um, you know, uh, well, it, took a, it took a massive effort for many, many different people, many stakeholders stakeholders to get there. Um, here in Europe, it's really hard, uh, especially in Germany. Um, I mean, in other countries like the UK, for example, they already start later, but even they discuss to start even later than that. So it's, it's definitely a movement. Um, but it requires a lot of people and also uh, views and, you know, people on the round table to discuss it. Because why is it dependent on the school system? Well, like, for example, in the US, you have sports and those kind of things already integrated in high school. But here in Germany, um, you would do all those kind of um, extracurricular stuff or, or you know, um, sports clubs and those kind of activities outside of school. So if you then change the school system, this is connected to it. So everyone else is affected. And so it, it is quite a, you know, a major thing to change. Yeah, I, I can see that. Do, do you see also playing the role that somehow we still maybe consider that people who sleep long are kind of lazy or this, this, this kind of social thing? I think it comes from the past times, but I think it's still, still alive. Yeah, it, it's very much still alive. And even actually, even when you... When you're a researcher like me, and I really pay a lot of attention on my sleep, and I really value it a lot, even I have this subconscious feeling, oh, I slept in again, and I shouldn't do this. And so, you know, I can imagine that for many other people in society, that that must be even 
verse or like this subconscious bad feeling might be might, must be even bigger and so i mean this there's a a movement now going on that really tries to put more emphasis on the on the importance of sleep because you know it's a media mediator for many uh, dis uh diseases and disorders or the other way around it's a very protective thing if you have beneficial and very very healthy sleep and so I mean, we really have to value it more, I think, in society. And actually, in German, in German language, at least, um, there's this really false friend because we say that you, you're either a short sleeper or, as I have to say, in, in German, I think for the people who speak German, so you can be a Frühaufsteher or a, a Langschläfer, so someone who gets up early or someone who sleeps long. But actually, it's this pair is wrong because you can be a very early type who get, goes to bed early and gets up early but sleeps a lot. <laughs> and you can be the other one. You can be someone who's just very late, uh, who get, goes to bed very late, gets up very late, but doesn't sleep long in, at all, just maybe four hours, four, five hours. And so... I think language plays an important role here as well. Yeah, I, I can I can really see that. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.